0: Our youth, uh, you are excused if you're in a youth group. We're headed upstairs. Pastor Jimmy is back from Cuba. All right, uh, he's, they they let him free. He was doing missions there, and he was in prison the last 15 years. Uh, just <laughs> not really. He was there for vacation. Good morning, and thanks for joining us at Jericho Road this morning uh, on this fine Sunday. Um, we're in our second week in a series called "My Heart Sings," where we're exploring the Book of Psalms as a tool and as a means. Uh, to help us express our feelings to God. Last week we saw the importance of jubilant songs of joy to our great God over the marvelous things that he's done in our life, especially salvation. But today we're going to look at uh, the opposite side of the coin, when the shout of our heart is one of a cry of pain. When we find ourselves in the darkness of life, when we find ourselves in loneliness, sorrow, or ache. And so we're going to look at uh, Psalm 88 today. Now, Psalm 88 is known as being the most depressing psalm in the entire psalm book. And so we've uh, chosen, this is about as, uh, remember, we're always looking for the feeling of it. I've tipped you off ahead of time. So this is Psalm 88. It says, O Lord, God of my salvation, I cry out to you by day, and I come to you at night. Now hear my prayer, listen to my cry, for my life is full of troubles and And death draws near. I'm as good as dead, like a strong man with no strength left. They've left me among the dead, and I lie like a corpse in a grave. I'm forgotten, cut off from your care. You've thrown me into the lowest pit, into the darkest depths. Your anger weighs me down. With wave after wave, you've engulfed me. You've driven my friends away, making me repulsive to them. I'm in a trap with no way to escape. My eyes are blinded by my tears. And each day I beg for for help, Lord, and I I lift my my hands to you for mercy. Are your wonderful deeds of any use to the dead? Do the dead rise up and praise you? Can those in the grave declare your unfailing love? Can they proclaim your faithfulness in the place of destruction? Can the darkness speak of your wonderful deeds? Can anyone in the land of forgetfulness talk about your righteousness? Lord, I, I cry out to you, and I'll keep on pleading day by day, Lord, why do you reject me? Why do you turn your face from me? I've, I've been sick and, and close to death since my youth. I stand helpless and desperate before your terrors. Your fierce anger has overwhelmed me. Your terrors have paralyzed me. They swirl around me like floodwaters all day long. They have engulfed me completely. You've taken away my companions and loved ones. Darkness is my closest friend. And that's the end of the psalm. So what's the feeling of that song? <laughs> depressing, right? <laughs> if you couldn't get that one, that was a sad one. That was depressing, difficulty. Remember, always the first thing we look for in a psalm is what the feeling is for. And I wonder, has, has anyone ever felt this way? I'll, I'll admit that I have. Has anyone ever felt this way? The powerful metaphors which aptly lay bare the rawness of hurting, of, of loss and despair... And we live in a a broken world. And a world that things are not as they ought to be. So I think Psalm 88 resonates with my heart, when my heart is hurt or when it's angry or when it's dark and it's hopeless. So maybe for you this song, the song of my heart sings for you, maybe that, that song's a sad one. Maybe your heart sings this when it cries out because my marriage is breaking apart or my kids are off the rails <laughs> or maybe when, when my dreams have been shattered and there seems to be nothing in life but loss when I'm evil within with no one to blame but myself when I, when I can't seem to go on and when darkness reigns when my daughter died when I'm abused and it then hurts forever. Or when, when my dad left and so did Hope. The wolves came around and they devoured and I, and I couldn't do anything about it. Maybe you say, look at my life, you lament. It wasn't supposed to be like this. When I destroy because I'm destroyed. When I hurt others because I'm hurt. You say, I I know God and I love God, but I still feel so stuck. And maybe that's your song. I want to spend four minutes of my time, which is about 15% of my time, showing you a video. Uh, A video from this guy named Eugene Peterson. Eugene Peterson is the translator of the message version of the Bible, and he has this interview with a guy named Bono. Uh, Bono is a singer um, from a band called U2. Uh, I actually had to explain that to my son, Ethan, when I told him, like, oh, we're going to look at Bono, and he's like, hmm, was like a singer, he's like, you two? He's like, no, I can't relate, sorry. And I was really sad, because that makes me old. It's like when my dad used to say, you know the Eagles? And I was like, mm, yeah, I don't know the Eagles, sorry. But uh, here's an interview between Bono uh, and Eugene Peterson, and it's about four minutes, but, but I think it's worth it. So let's check this out together.
1: it's one of his one of his best ones and he he sings a lot i mean he does this a lot it's one of the psalms that reaches into the hurt and disappointment and uh, difficulty of being a human being and uh acknowledges that in in a language that is immediately um, recognizable you know there's something that reaches into the heart of a person and the stuff we all feel Many of us don't talk about.
2: I waited and waited and waited for God. At last, he looked. Finally, he listened. And he lift me out of the ditch. He pulled me from deep mud. He stood me up on a solid rock to make sure that I wouldn't slip. He taught me how to sing the latest God song. They have this rawness, the brutal honesty of whether it's David or not, it doesn't matter. The psalmist is brutally honest about the explosive joy um, that he's feeling and the deep sorrow or confusion. And it's that that makes, that sets the psalms apart from me. And, and I often think, gosh, well, why isn't church music more like that?
1: You know, the psalms are not pretty. They're not, they're not nice. And, but it's, it's not smooth, but it's, it's honest. And I think we're trying for honesty, um, which is very, very hard in our, in our culture.
2: I, I'm talking about dishonesty, that I find a lot of, in, the, in, in Christian art, a lot of dishonesty. Yeah,
1: right. And I, and I,
2: and I, and I think it's a shame because got these are people who are vulnerable to God, in a good way. You know, vulnerable, I mean, porous, open. I I would love if 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 this conversation would inspire people who are writing these beautiful voices and writing these beautiful, say gospel songs, write a song about their bad marriage, write a song about about how they're, you know, pissed off at the government, because that's what God wants from you, that truth, the way the truth. And, and that truthfulness, know the truth, the truth will set you free, it'll blow things apart. Why I'm suspicious of Christians is because uh, of this lack of realism. And I'd love to see more of that in art and in life and in music. What do we do with violence? Violence in our own hearts. The sense of wanting to do violence and the
1: violence in the world. That's a hard question. We need to find a way to cuss without cussing, and the imprecatory psalms surely do that. They just lay it out, and uh, I just I think they're really important. If we've got to have some some way in context to tell people how um, how mad we are.
2: Uh, One of Eugene's uh, translations. They punched the nose of the bullies. God. It's fantastic. Um, But I love the idea of you've got to cuss, find a way of cussing without cussing. And you have to give vent to that. I like that. That, That's going to stay with me. I have no problem with the Old Testament. I don't see God as a violent God, but I think the world is a violent place, and it does reflect that. And and it, it's a terrifying thing, some some of the Old Testament, but 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 it is r- real. And in a way, I kind of prefer it to the airy fairy stuff, where we don't get, re- you know, we don't where we, where we don't get real.
0: That's a clip from a I cut down from a longer conversation. You can I'll check that out on YouTube if you want the full conversation. I think it's really powerful, uh, especially because like who doesn't like Bono, right? So cool. <laughs> And he's talking about Jesus stuff. But what do we do with all the violence? What do we do with like the sorrow in life? What do we do with loss that comes in our life? Like We can't ignore it. We can't pretend that it doesn't exist. Am I, as a believer, am I allowed to feel this way? Yes. Resounding yes. In this psalm, we see uh, in the Bible that it gives us permission to feel this way. The Bible confirms that we will feel this way sometimes, even as God followers will feel that way. We can't live in health if we ignore the difficult parts of life, if we attempt to gloss over darkness. Instead, the Bible says, face it in all of its rawness, in all of its honesty, face it head on. Check out some of the key descriptions from Psalm 88. They say, for my life is full of trouble. Now, the, also in the Hebrew it says, my soul is full of trouble. So the agony isn't superficial. It touches all areas of life, reaching down to the very soul. And then he, he says, a strong man with no strength left. That which I used to rely on. I used to be able to handle this stuff. I used to be so strong. And now I have no strength left to deal with these things. That which we relied on before is gone with nothing left. He says, I'm forgotten, cut off from your care, God. Maybe we feel so far from God that that we can't feel the loving touch of the Father that we used to feel, but it doesn't feel present today. It says, your anger weighs me down with wave after wave you have engulfed me. So One of the sources of our affliction was God's righteous wrath and our sinfulness. The psalmist had a deep sense of his own sinfulness, and he didn't protest that God was unfair, but he says, God, man, your wrath is, is kicking my butt because of my own sin. He says, you have driven my friends away by making me repulsive to them, and I'm in a trap, and I have no way of escape. So his friends couldn't help him. And even if they tried, he felt far from them. That feeling of, of trap with no one to turn to and no way out, like this leads to, to feeling isolated in the narrow prison of ourselves. And that feeling of loneliness, that, that's horrible. It is soul killing. It's devastating, that loneliness. He says, oh Lord, why do you reject me? God, why do you turn your face from me, God? Again, the greatest emptiness comes when we can't feel the touch of the divine." When we feel as if he, God, has turned away from us. And you say, why, God, why? Why have you allowed whatever you're this? Why have you, God, allowed this to happen to me? And we just go, why, God, have you done this? He says, I've been sick and close to death since my youth. It doesn't seem to end. It's wave after wave after wave. And it happened then. And it happened then. And God, it's still happening. And it's been since since I was a kid, and it's nonstop. Like this kind of stuff swirls around me like floodwaters all day long, and they've engulfed me completely. I'm drowning. I feel completely engulfed. I feel overwhelmed, God. And it ends with the darkness is my closest friend. Only darkness remains. Well, other biblical laments, they always end on a note of trust and worship. So they'll say this kind of thing and they'll say, Yeah, but God, I trust you and I worship you and I know you're going to deliver. But this one doesn't. This one ends without any light, without any hope. It simply concludes with darkness and then the end. Like, why would God put such an ugly, depressing, utterly hopeless psalm in the Bible? Why? God, you should have left that one out. It would have been like, Why is this in here, God? Why doesn't this author find peace and and refuge and comfort in the end like all the rest of the other psalms do? Why doesn't he say, well, God, I know I'm going to trust you because you're so good, God. Why doesn't he end that way? And why is this in the Bible? Precisely because sometimes life feels like the ending of this psalm. It doesn't seem like it's going to get better. Sometimes you get to this place and and there isn't a happy feeling. And you don't trust God. You say, God, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't think it's going to be good. And all I have, God, is darkness right here. So this psalm is in the Bible precisely because we feel this way. Despite the dark tone, however, I would say that there is hope to be found in Psalm 88. And I'd like to share four thoughts about this hope. The first thought is that you could cry out to God. This psalm begins I cry out to you day by day, I come to you at night. Now hear my prayer, listen to my cry. This prayer was passionate. The the word cry out in Hebrew means a deeply piercing shout. Just like we learned last week that you can have a joyful shout, you could also have a sorrow shout. Life has both. The prayer was constant. He said day and night I come to you. Despite the hurt and the hopelessness that he feels, this psalmist is still talking to God. The psalm has written to God. So he hasn't given up talking to God. Even in our darkest moments, we can continue to cry out to God, shout to him, shout at him, whatever is in your heart. Because thought, too, is that you could share your deepest pain with God. You see, in the depths of suffering, you could pour out your uninhibited emotions to God. It's clear from this psalm that God doesn't expect us to cover up what's really going on. We could approach our Father in raw honesty. We don't have to pretend everything's okay. We don't have to hide the pain. We don't have to hide our emotions. We don't have to hide our our, our distress. Sometimes we feel like we have to do that with people, but with God, we don't have to. We can come utterly... Fully, honestly, before him. Even this psalm, Psalm 88, even this psalm was used in corporate worship. Like This was one of the songs they sang on Sunday morning or Saturday morning, right? Okay, turn to 88. And they're like, oh no, not this one. Man, I hate this one. So sad. So because it was uh, used in corporate worship, this was God's people proclaiming this. It speaks volumes. It offers hope since it recognizes that God isn't scared of us expressing our pain. God isn't scared. This psalmist said, like, God, where are you? You're not here. Like, can you imagine if you tried to write a song like that? Like, recently, someone wrote a song that had, like, your reckless love, and the internet blew up because how dare you call God's reckless love. This psalmist said, where are you, God? You're not here. <laughs> can you imagine? Write that one today and then publish it. People are like, oh, no, they're not believers. they freak out. But this psalm gives us permission to say, like, look, is this is how I feel, God? Raw and uncensored? Cuss without cussing? <laughs> but I'll be honest, I'm not as good as Bono or Eugene Peterson. I have cussed with cussing towards God, with God and at God. And, and maybe, uh, maybe that means you're finding a new church because your pastor said some cuss words in prayer before. That, that's okay. Uh, God will forgive you. I know he'll forgive me. Because he, he allows us to share our deepest pain with him. Thought number three is that you can grieve darkness. Like Psalm 88 is it's brutally honest about life in a fallen world. Like many of us, we come out of like, uh, maybe you have a depressive fog or like maybe it's a time period in life where it was really difficult or maybe you had like a spiritually dark season that was tough and, and we come out of it. But, but other people they perpetually struggle with this. They don't come out of it. And that there are some people who preach a false theology that says God's going to make your life here and now like great, and it's going to be perfect, and, and that he's going to give you everything that you ever wanted. But, but real life indicates otherwise. And so does this song. Like the sun doesn't always come out tomorrow, tomorrow. And sometimes it doesn't come out the next day or the next day. And sometimes you forget even what the sun looks like. We don't always get the job that we wanted. Marriages end. People get sick and and they die. And this is the far-reaching effects of sin in this world. And Psalm 88 gives us permission to recognize that this world is messed up and to grieve that and to say, like, man, this isn't right. Because as we see death and pain and that stuff, we should say, like, this isn't right. So it gives us permission to say, like, we live in this broken, dark, fallen, violent world. And the fourth thought that I have for us is uh, salvation. The only hope that's in this psalm at all comes in the very first phrase, in the very first six words. And, and this is the key to the thing. That phrase is, O oh Lord, God of my salvation, before he lays out the rest of this lament. He says, Lord, you're the God of my salvation, and I feel like this. Dish. See, this this points to the only possibility for hope. That's God's salvation. We now know and we believe more specifically in the word of God who has come in human flesh, Jesus Christ, who promises everyone life and hope. All scripture points to Christ, and Psalm 88 is no different. It's no exception. For what the psalmist sought in his lament was answered in Jesus, who came to rescue and to restore what was broken. See, Jesus came to fulfill the deepest cries of our heart. He came so that one day all of our tears would be wiped away. The book of Revelation writes this, God will wipe every tear from their eyes and there won't be any more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things will be gone forever. God's salvation is found in Jesus and hope resides in Jesus, even in the midst of our Psalm 88 moment. 2 Corinthians says, For God, who said, Let there be light in darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts so that we could know the glory of God that's seen in the face of Jesus Christ. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves, we're just like fragile clay jars containing a great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. We're pressed on every side by troubles, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but we're not driven to despair. We're hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we're not destroyed. See, even when our hearts sing Psalm 88, and we feel broken or lost or alone, we are never crushed. We are never without hope. And even the psalmist said that before he started. He says, God, you're my hope and salvation, but this is what life feels like right now as he held on to that hope and salvation. Look, I'm so grateful that Psalm 88 is in the scriptures. It reminds me that I could cry out to God with with a broken heart and that God hears me. No matter how weak my prayers are, no matter the loneliness that I feel trapped in, no matter the sins that I have done, it directs me to focus on the truth of who God is. For even in the darkest night, he's there with me and he's my salvation. See, whether your heart's song is like last week's, which is full of joy, or maybe your heart's song is more like today's, in need of a touch of God. Like, we get a chance every week to connect to Jesus in a deep and meaningful way through communion. And that's why we do it every week, church. Because without the reminder and the hope of Jesus there's no first verse of Psalm 88. Life is just despair without it. But we get a chance to meet with Jesus every single week. And we as a church, we do that through communion. So in just a moment, our communion ushers are going to come by. And we want to invite you to give Jesus every part of you. If you got some sorrow parts, give them those parts. If you've got some Darkness. Give them the darkness. As we take communion, we're remembering that Jesus is our salvation. He's our light. He's our joy. He's our rock in the time of troubles. Like, if you're not ready for that or, or you don't know what communion is, just, just let it pass by. It's okay. But I want you to know that Jesus is waiting for every one of you right now. There is no distance that is too great. And there is no darkness that is too dark. Spend a time, just you and Jesus. final word that maybe you're not here in this Psalm 88 moment right now but hold on to the hope because those times come and it's not because you're not spiritual and it's not because God doesn't love you but it's because we live on this planet a broken place that God promises to fix one day but it's just not yet father I just want to pray over our people that that we would know that it's okay to come to you with everything that we have like there are parts of us that are dark God there are parts of us that 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 are embarrassing and sad and and difficult and hopeless and there's parts of us that we don't even think that your light could come into and so we doubt you but we want to not doubt you And there there are so many things in us father God and and God, we want to just be able to talk to you about them. Thank you, God, that, that, that you are the God of Psalm 88, that you would listen to us and that, that you aren't turned away or, or you don't turn us away because of our Psalm 88 feelings or because of our, our doubt and our worry or our sin or our struggles or the difficulties that we faced. In fact, you enter into them with us. You came to this earth on purpose and you know it was a broken earth and Jesus, you came down in human flesh anyway to come get us. So thank you, Jesus. Thank you that we could turn to you even when we don't want to or even when we don't feel like it.
1: Never let go, Lord, you never let go of me, Lord. You never let go of me.
2: Lord, you never let go of
1: me,
0: to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, to him be glory and majesty and power and authority through Jesus Christ, our Lord, before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. May God bless you this week.